Welcome to Ed Council Insights. This is our podcast to provide insights into new legal developments in the Missouri education community. If you are a Missouri school leader, school board member, or any public educational decision maker in Missouri, well, you're in the right place. Today, we're going to be talking about the lawsuit that was filed earlier this week by the Missouri Attorney General against the Springfield Public Schools. This lawsuit is the latest in a series of claims that the Missouri Attorney General has made against public schools in Missouri. Setting aside the political motivations and implications for a moment, we wanted to spend our time today discussing the legal claims that are being made and how they might impact the other school districts around the state of Missouri. As many of our listeners are likely aware, Missouri school districts have received a consistent stream of Sunshine Law requests from various entities and individuals over the past year. The recent requests tend to be very broad in scope and ask for a waterfront of records that may exist in numerous locations within a particular school district. As a result, the laborious process of identifying potentially responsive records, searching for those records on every computer hard drive in the district upon which they may be held, or any email that might be related to the terms that are identified, will cost the taxpayers of the local district thousands of dollars unless all those costs can be recouped from the person that's making the request. On the flip side of this concern is the need for openness and transparency in the governance and operations of our schools. To be fair, we have had instances, although they are few in number, where a public school district may have been less than forthright in providing information and records in response to a records request. If schools are not providing information to the public to which they are entitled, well, this can be a problem for our system of governance as well. It's against this backdrop we have this lawsuit filed this week by the Missouri Attorney General. The lawsuit consists of 13 counts or claims against Springfield Public Schools for violation of Missouri's Sunshine Law. The lawsuit arises really from two separate requests for records made in September and October of this year. Now, the first request, that was made by a local state representative in September. The representative sought records that were related to critical race theory in the school's curriculum and in teacher training materials. Based on the response from the district, this first request was followed up with a very similar request for records from the attorney general's office on October 5th. And it's that request that is that really forms the basis of the lawsuit. Now, the attorney general's request asked for records in electronic format and included a request for all documents relating to just a, really a laundry list of terms. There's like over 20 terms and then any documents and materials relating to three different entities as well. These are terms like critical race theory or critical theory. 1619 project, you know, things that uh, may have some particular implications. But then there are also terms that have more generic phraseology, if you will, systemic racism or restorative justice, implicit bias, social justice. Those are all the types of terms that we're talking about here that were identified by the attorney general's office in listing out the request for records that related in any way to any of one of these terms. So to respond to this type of request appropriately, 
and many of our listeners have seen these types of requests because all Missouri school districts have received something very similar in the last year. A school will need to search each of its servers and drive or drives that maybe potentially have the records that are uh, that relate to any one of these 20 plus terms. This presumably also means uh, that the school district should also be checking email and local hard drives for every user in the district in order to be able to you know, state as we're required to uh, in response to a Sunshine Law request that we've done the search to determine whether we have any of the records that are responsive and if so, produce them. So in, in the response to this specific request from the Attorney General, Springfield Public Schools responded. They had asked for an extension of time, as I understand it, and that was not something that uh, the Attorney General's office was willing to do. So Springfield Public Schools responded, and they indicated that the fees for the search, retrieval, and processing would be substantial. As you can imagine, a school district of Springfield's size responding to a scope of this size involved the potentially numerous documents and, and the need to search in a lot of different areas. Perhaps the most expensive area for the search that, that uh, Springfield Public Schools identified was the SPS Canvas Learning Management System. And in response to the request for records, SPS uh, explained that the search of this particular server, their Canvas Learning Management System, would require manual review of each course and all information within each course. They also added each school year, roughly 50,000 Canvas courses are provisioned to the server. Of these 50,000 uh, Canvas courses, we estimate that about 5,000 to 8,000 are utilized with content. These courses frequently contain up to hundreds of pages, assignments, quizzes, and discussion posts. Each page, assignment, quiz, and discussion post must be evaluated individually and downloaded to a PDF if a relevant search term is identified. So that uh, gives you an idea of the scope of what SPS was trying to contemplate in order to respond to this request that had been submitted by the Attorney General. The district then went on to estimate that it would take about 1,200 hours to conduct the search, research, and retrieval in this one system alone. As a result, they provided an initial deposit in the amount of $35,700 just for that one particular system. Now, this is a good example of the problem created when you have a comprehensive request for records of a public school district, the cost of responding not to mention the staffing it takes to do to respond to this, it just can be enormous. And if all of the costs cannot be successfully passed back to the person that's making that request, well, then the taxpayers of the local district may well be left holding the bag. So that brings us to the AG's lawsuit, and that's probably enough of an explanation to get everybody thinking about the problems that are being presented here. But today, joining me, I have my partner, Emily Omohundro, and we're going to talk through a few of the, the legal issues associated with the AG's the most recently filed lawsuit. Hey, Hello. Emily. How Hi. are you? I'm good. Ready to talk about an uh, almost 60-page lawsuit in 10 minutes, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, can you start out maybe by just giving us an overview for those that maybe haven't looked at the lawsuit and haven't spent the time to go through the 60-page the lawsuit? 
to figure out what's there? Sure. So the lawsuit really focuses on some relatively narrow issues that are associated with Springfield Public Schools' response to the Sunshine Request, and then some broader issues as well. Um, I think for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to talk kind of about the broader implications. Yeah, let's, but, let's, let's focus on the things that are going to really impact mo- or have the potential impact on uh, Missouri public schools generally, I think. Yeah, so one of the counts in the lawsuit discusses the fee estimate that you just referenced regarding um, Springfield's response to that request. So their preliminary response outlined the fees and the search time that it would take in order to respond to this pretty broad request, very broad request. And um, count one really talks about, uh, alleges that Springfield Public Schools violated the Sunshine Law in that the the fee estimate was excessive as to the non-copying charges. So under the Sunshine Law, you know, we can charge for uh, the cost of paper copies, right? And there's limits on on that amount. And then we can also charge for the search time that it takes to locate the records that are relevant to the request. So, So one of the attorney general's problems with Springfield's response is that the amount was excessive as it related to the search time, essentially. Okay, explain that to me a little bit, because to me, that is kind of the and it is count one that I think it relates to that, but it, it's probably the primary issue that, uh, that's raised with this lawsuit. But as I understand it, what the AG is saying is that for purposes of an initial deposit, you cannot ask for anything other than uh, the initial deposit based on the estimated copying fees. You can't roll into that anything related to anything else, search, research, whatever retrieval, whatever we want to call it, you can only charge up front for copies. That's right. So that is how this reads. And um, so generally, I mean, in the past, we've pretty much rolled those things, not necessarily into one, but we've certainly broken out. This is what it's going to cost for the search time. And it is X number of hours at X rate for the employee doing the search. And then to the extent that there are copies requested, then, you know, we're estimating this number of pages at 10 cents per page to equal, you know, Y amount. And so the attorney general is saying that we cannot request that there be an upfront payment or deposit, whatever you want to call it, for both search time and copying fee Um, but that the upfront payment must be isolated to the copying fee. And when you look at uh, the Sunshine Law, if you look at Section 610.026, there is some language in that first um, subsection that is a little bit confusing, and we'll come back to that. But there is a provision that says, you know, payment of such copying fees may be requested prior to the making of copies. Well, by and large, most of the uh, sunshine requests that we see now um, come to us electronically and request responses electronically. So, you know, 
in terms of upfront payment, most people are not asking for paper copies. So what people are asking for are electronic copies. So that that creates some problem. And, and you know, part of it is that the Sunshine Law has been around for some time and we have, from a technology perspective, moved more quickly than the statutory language would have contemplated, I think. Okay, so in, in looking at this, um, basically what we're saying is that the potential for charging an advance payment, if it is limited to copying and most requests are made for electronic copies, there really isn't going to be much of a an advance payment required to fulfill what may be a an extremely broad request. Is that kind of where That's we're, right. where this, okay. So if we're looking at it from that angle, the attorney general is saying that you can't condition your fulfillment of the request based on charging this, you know, fee that it's actually going to cost you uh, as a as a as a school district. Now, he's not saying that you can't recover that from the requester, right? As I understand it. That's right. So in other words, you can get it uh, potentially back from the requester if they're willing to pay it, but you can't charge anything up front or say that we're not going to do the request or follow through on this broad request unless uh, unless you pay some sort of initial deposit. Is that kind of the uptake? That's right. So, I mean, I think the issue with that is, you know, what we have seen in the last couple of years is um, we have seen tons of very broad requests that would require exactly the kind of search that you know, Springfield Public Schools explained in their response to the Attorney General Sunshine request, where we're basically having to go through every document that might be put in front of a student or utilized by a teacher for, for teaching. And, you know, we may be looking at all of every page of every book that is sitting in a classroom that is utilized in order to teach students. And so the search time for that is going to far exceed any of the amount of costs that we would be talking about for making copies. The, the burden of the request is almost squarely regarding the search for relevant responsive records. And what we could see happen is we could see an enormous request spanning multiple years and requiring a very high amount of staff time and resources and then we could have a requester say, never mind, I don't, you know, I don't want any of that. So an example of that, that I have seen, it happened in, uh, it happened last spring, actually, right before a district's bond issue was on the ballot. About a week before the bond issue, we had, there was a group, a community group that made a very large request, sunshine request of a district, and they wanted many financial records, which of course, uh, for the most part are going to be open records, but they wanted years and years of financial records because they were opposed to the bond issue. And they wanted to use those to demonstrate a mismanagement of funds or, or alleged mismanagement of funds. And in talking to the superintendent, you know, I said, well, how long do you think this is going to take you? And, and he said, well, it's going to take us, you know, at least a few weeks to get all this together, dedicating, you know, a, a one full staff member full time to, to pulling all this because we're basically going to have to go through the archives at like paper archives. And in uh, having that discussion, you know, we realized that the point, the purpose of the group's request was to have that information 
to get the information and then to be able to push out information to the public prior to the date of the election in April. And we knew that we wouldn't be able to get them the information in time. So in that very scenario, we could see, you know, 15 days, 15, eight hour days of staff time dedicated to fulfilling a request that by the time that we finish it is not of interest to the requester anymore. Okay. And let's talk about that scenario. Say it's, it's something that's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars to respond to. Mm -hmm. And we've had an, every single school district received at least one of those requests this earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's not theoretical. I mean, it certainly, can, certainly can happen. So you end up with this broad request and the person say they say that we can only, as the attorney general is contending, only charge for the copy up front. So they say, okay, well, here's our deposit for the copying, which ends up being a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, maybe. And uh, then we embark on this in the instance of Springfield Public Schools in one of their systems, uh, you know, $35,000 worth of search. And then the requester says, ah, I changed my mind. I don't want it. After they've spent $35,000 of the taxpayer's money retrieving these documents, now we're in a position where uh, they won't recover that money and the taxpayers are just out those dollars. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? I certainly think it is. I mean, now, you know, one thing that's unique about Springfield Public Schools is that it is the largest district in the state. So the volume of records that they would have that would be responsive to that request is going to be much higher than, say, a much smaller school district in Missouri. However, the burden is proportionate because, right, right it's proportionate because uh, a smaller, much smaller school district would not even have close to the number of staff members that Springfield Public Schools would have or another larger school district would have in order to assist with fulfillment of the request. So while the actual cost for search and production may be lower for our smaller districts, the proportionate share of the burden is still incredibly high. Not to mention that a lot of these smaller districts don't have the technology folks that can really retrieve the electronic information in the way that that you know would need to be done to respond to some of these exorbitant requests and so if, if we're looking at this from a public policy point of view certainly we want to be transparent we want to be open with the public and that's the purpose of the sunshine law that's that's a noble purpose but when we start to really look at it this could be a tool that could be used by anybody to harass a public school district individual personnel within a, a public school district and do so to the tune uh, of, you, you know, even going back to the request I was referring to earlier this year, people were estimating in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to respond to this single request. Some of the school districts were in those numbers. Now, granted, a lot of those were larger districts, but nonetheless, you're still talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that requester could just simply back off for whatever reason, and just or just refuse to pay. And then we're in the position of those taxpayers having, you know, this unilateral request made from somebody that's, you know, perhaps a, just a, a disgruntled patron, or it could be a commercial vendor that's a different part of the United States. It doesn't really matter, but it's, it's going to cost the taxpayers 
thousands, tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of dollars if there's no check in place the way it has been working up to this point. What have I misstated? What am I missing here? I think that's correct. And I think that, you know, one of the things you, you talked about some of the smaller districts not having the technology staff necessary, you know, so some of even the smaller districts, uh, much smaller districts on that request from earlier this year in that response, they were having to outsource, get quotes from, you know, technology, their technology contracted company that does their tech work. And as you can imagine, the cost associated with having an individual come in and do that was very high. So even for some of the smaller districts, who's the number of records that they would have had available would have been much lower in response to the request. Uh, their estimates were very high too because of having to outsource the staff power essentially with the knowledge necessary to get that done. And you know that would those kinds of things would have a significant impact on school district budgets. We have seen more records requests in the past, I would say, eighteen to twenty-four months than we. You know, it's just a high level of requests. And we don't typically have full-time staff members in school districts who are solely, I mean, yes, each district has a custodian of records, but that is in addition to, you know, 10 other hats that that individual bookkeeper or um, administrative assistant or secretary happens to wear. And so, you know, I think we're looking at a staffing issue and a budgetary issue and an abuse of the system issue when it comes to individuals making requests. And transparency is certainly the goal of the Sunshine Law. And, and we need to find, I think, innovative ways from a public school perspective to make sure that we can get information out to the public free of charge, right? But on a regular basis. And, and that may, you know, certainly reduce the need for, for requests like these or the desire for requests like these, but that doesn't prevent, as you noted, either bad actors or just people who are indifferent to the potential cost impact from abusing the process of the Sunshine Law to the detriment of public school districts. I think that's well stated, Emily. I, I just... And I know there are other aspects of this lawsuit that, you know, with respect to what the attorney general has filed, and he does, I think, pick apart a little bit how Springfield calculated what it was going to cost based on the employees that were involved, IT employees versus clerks and secretaries and that sort of thing. And those are probably pretty specific to Springfield Public Schools and how they handled this specific request. But with respect to this copying issue… It is something that has much broader implications for really all of us, right? It does. And I also think that, you know, one of the other themes that I think has a, a broader implication as well, and is important to keep in mind, the Attorney General's lawsuit references sunshine requests that were made by non-Attorney General employees. So other private entities or individuals, private individuals who have made uh, sunshine who made sunshine requests that were similar in nature or identical in nature. And one of the issues that the attorney general raises in the suit is that the method or the result of the copying and search calculation was not consistent in the responses that Springfield Public Schools made to requesters other than the attorney general. So why does Joe get a response that says it's going to cost $30,000. And then I get a response that says it's going to cost $45,000. 
So I think one of the things to take away from that is that we need to be aware that the consistency in calculation is going to be important. And we know from past cases that we have to be able to demonstrate how we reached our numbers, right? So we need to, we need to be consistent in our calculations, consistent in our responses, and uh, we need to be able to demonstrate how we reached our numbers because I think we can tell just from looking at the text of the lawsuit that individuals with similar interests, uh, whether those be political or personal, are communicating with each other. And so we need to know that these are not isolated requests. This is a concerted and broad effort. And there are certain players and groups that are working together. I think that's an important point. And, you know, the, some, some of these search terms have popped up in a number of different requests, right? right? You know, just to use that as an example, but, you know, there may very well be reasons uh, why a particular patron wants to, you know, see uh, specific documents, like you, you gave the example of the financial documents and that sort of thing. But the tendency is to make it very broad in scope. And when that happens, that's when it becomes a problem because if they're asking for any and all records that relate to, you know, a particular issue or term. Well, our obligation as a school district is means that we've got to search all of our records to determine if we have anything that's related to what's being requested. And if if those requests were narrow, more narrow in scope, it would make more sense for the taxpayers and it would get the people the more of the documents uh, that they're interested in. The problem that we have, I think, is that there's a certain amount of skepticism that we're going to give them everything that is related to a particular issue. And because of that, there's a fear that we're going to play hide the ball and that sort of thing. And as I alluded to at the top, you know, maybe we've had a few instances of that, but that's not the way most school districts respond to these requests, at least not no. in my experience. No. And one thing that I find interesting, just from a broader perspective as well. In the past, when we would receive, you know, when a district would get in touch with us and say, hey, uh, we just got this request. I don't, I don't really understand what they're looking for. That's usually what, you know, what the superintendent would tell us. Can you help me figure out what this person is looking for and, and how we respond? And so sometimes when we would see these super broad requests, the, the broad request was born out of just a lack of understanding of how the sunshine law works and what would be required of the district in order to respond. So, you know, typically in those cases, we would have the custodian of records reach out to the requester and say, Hey, I just want you to know, you know, with this request, you're asking for, you know, it doesn't have a, a scope on it in terms of date, or, you know, you're asking for all emails, but do you realize that that would include all student emails and staff emails and administrator emails and, you know, all those things. And, and we, the requester would say, Oh no, like all I really want is just the emails between the superintendent and the board or, you know, the principal and the superintendent or, um, you know, records that relate to the building of the, you know, football stadium or something. And they, they typically wouldn't have meant to make that, that broad of a request. And so there would be some confusion settled with a simple conversation. But the requests that we're getting now are, are not, they are not like that. They are not broad out of lack of experience, perhaps, with making these kinds of requests. They're broad, I, I feel like, for the very intent, as you noted, of trying to compel 
a public school district to provide such a volume of records that is maybe burdensome and so it is burdensome in some ways. I mean, perhaps part of the part of the point is that it's a burden, but also, as you noted, the skepticism regarding the transparency seems very high as well. And, you know, in looking at the responses and the requests, truthfully, the, the, the scope of the requests and the amount of work that would go into responding, I mean, those are, those are accurate. This is not, this is not an attempt to hide the ball. We're seeing just a lot of work that would be required in order to fulfill the request. You know, it's interesting you should raise that, the, the idea of, you know, trying to work through it and get to a point where the requester is getting the information they want without going through this uh, exercise in such a way that it really kind of is a huge disruption to the operations of the school or ends up being, you know, extremely costly to the taxpayers. You know, I was I kind of asked this question yesterday and in in with a group of superintendents and the question was, well, is there any way to have somebody preliminarily rule on this and decide, you know, okay, that scope is overly broad. Let's, let's take that out. And certainly in litigation, you have that opportunity, but under a sunshine law, no, there's nothing, no mechanism in place there. And then the issue of narrowing is actually a piece of, uh, that's one of the claims that the attorney general made. I don't know if you noted that or not, but count 10 talks about the idea that the Springfield public schools improperly narrow the scope yes the scope of the quest and so if so if a school district says oh i think this is what they're after and this seems like it should capture what they're talking about if they do that again the attorney general would say well that's not what you're allowed to do under the sunshine law therefore uh, you need to do the broad expansive search that's going to capture everything regardless of how long ago it may have been for example and uh, there isn't an opportunity to to narrow the scope in a way that makes sense for everybody that's involved. That's unfortunate, I think. I, I agree. Other takeaways from our uh, lawsuit that was filed this week. You know, I don't know where this ultimately ends up, Emily, but it seems to me that it's probably time for the General Assembly to kind of revisit some of these issues, uh, as you alluded to, with respect to the technology pieces, a lot's developed since it's been, um, since that language has been put on the books and, you know, talks a lot about programming and some of these other things that, you know, we don't really speak of a lot these days, but, you know, how it works and addressing some of these public policy issues seems like it's probably ripe for discussion this spring. Agreed? I, I do agree. I think that Given that most of these requests that we see are for electronic records and PDFs and and that sort of thing, I think that we really need to take a closer look at the volume of requests, the scope of requests, the format in which responsive records are provided, and the cost for fulfillment and try to make a balance between ensuring transparency and um, being fiscally responsible. Yeah. Balance. That's a nice concept to think about these days. Let me dream, sir. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Emily, I thank you for taking the time to dream <laughs> with me today. <laughs> um, and we thank you, listeners, for taking the time to listen to this uh, edition of Ed Council Insights. We hope you'll follow and share our Ed Council podcast on social media and subscribe to hear upcoming episodes on current legal topics and issues related to school law. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or you can check us out at our website. Just Google 
Ed Council. That's E-D-C-O-U-N-S-E-L, all one word, and you'll find us there. Glad we could be together, and thanks for listening to this edition of Ed Council Insights. Mm-hmm.